This morning's scripture reading is from John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we turn to John 14, verse number 6. And um, as you're, you're turning there, uh, I'm sure most people here heard about the, the pending earthquake, the 9.2 that's supposed to hit the northwest Pacific and supposed to wipe out everything from Portland down to Eugene. And how the scientists have said that from the, from the scientific record, every 240 years, this particular plate has this type of earthquake action. And we are now at something like 310 years for that action again. And so we're like long overdue. And they're saying it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Okay? And, it, you know, prophesying a whole lot of doom. And, you know, so many thousands of people will be killed because a tsunami is going to accompany it. And everything they said west of I-5 out to the coast will be totally obliterated. Okay? And I've seen a number of people actually really perturbed and upset about that. And I say that we have freedom in Christ Jesus. Freedom from fear. Amen. And we're going to read scriptures on that. Freedom from worrying about situations like that. Our, um, I, I firmly believe with all of my spirit that if that was to happen, that God would certainly take care of us, his children. Amen. 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 God will take care of us. And God is in charge, regardless of what the scientists may say, you know. At any point in time, I mean, for that matter, you know, all of us can be wiped out crossing uh, Lancaster Boulevard, for that matter. Amen. But the word of God says, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So you still went out. Amen. So either way, as a child of God, there's nothing for us to worry about. But many of us get tied up in that so much, so much to the point that we lose our freedom. So today's message is indeed, it's about freedom. There was a particularly challenging task that I had set before me the other day, and this is the, the genesis of this particular sermon. Many times the messages that come across here is because of something that Holy Spirit, something that has happened with me and Holy Spirit see what I'm saying. And all the times Holy Spirit simply says, this is what I want you to preach on. But a particularly challenging task to come up. And um, there were a lot of things that were before me that were challenging. And of course I had to go into prayer and say, Lord, how do I deal with this? What's, how do I start step one? Where do I go with all of that? And what I simply heard from him is that you're free. You're free. That means that I am free because of what he did at the cross, what Jesus did at the cross, because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and as such, I've given my life to him. So if I've given my life to him, then that means that God, Jesus, is in control. Holy Spirit is guiding me. So God simply said to me while I was in the car there driving, he said, you're free. So why are you carrying this burden? Why are you worrying about it? You've been set free from that. So that's what we're here to dwell on to, on today. And reading, starting with June, uh, June with John 14 and setting, setting the foundation here uh, and looking at verse number 6 again. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me, comes unto the Father, but by me. So if you've come to Jesus Christ, therefore going to the Father, okay, and if you understand that, if Jesus is the way, then it means that you cannot get lost in Jesus. If Jesus is the truth, then that means you cannot be deceived because you're in Jesus. And if he is the life, then that means that you cannot die. Okay, I'm talking about spiritual death. You certainly cannot die. Amen. So that's the foundation of truth. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you know that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and, and the life. Okay? Now, we also go, if you go to John chapter 8, John chapter 8, I want to build a foundation here for understanding what it means that if you're free, John chapter 8 and starting with verse number 12, John 8 verse number 12, then spoke Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness. 
but shall have the light of life. Please underline that he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So if we're following Jesus, first of all, we're not going to be walking in darkness because Jesus is there to illuminate the way. He's to point the way for every single thing that's happening in our life. You know, when something comes up in your life and you see you feel so troubled and you can't understand where it is that you want to go, where is it that you need to go, it's like the future before you seems dark because it's uncertain. Amen. But if you're in Jesus, Jesus will indeed illuminate you every step of the way as you come upon those steps. Now, many times we think that we want to see, you know, 25 miles ahead of us, you know, in terms of the next steps. All right. But just rest assured that Jesus will illuminate and he will light the way as you go. Amen. Verse 13 says, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, thou bearest witness of thyself. Thy witness is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear witness of myself, yet my witness is true. For I know from where I came and where I go. But you cannot tell from where I come and where I go. You judge, you judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me bears witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. You see? So these Pharisees that he's talking to, they are so far off the mark that they don't even understand who he is, or even, even more so who God the Father is. They're, they're so far you know, off base. Verse 20 says, these words, I, uh, these words spoke Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me. And shall die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. You see, because of the way they were not accepting him, no way could they find their way uh, to, to God the Father or to heaven, for that matter, the way they were, the condition they were in. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Where I go, you cannot come. And he said unto them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You see, and that's the problem today. So many people, people believe that they can get to heaven, they can um, uh, not die in sin by not accepting Jesus, by finding some other way to go about it. Okay? Jesus is speaking some very dynamite truths here. Okay? Um, says in 25, Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. So in other words, what God is telling Jesus, this is what Jesus is saying, God the Father. They understood not that he spoke to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me, sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Highlight all of that, verses 28 and 29, if you don't already have it highlighted. He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. And ye, now listen to this, verse 32, And you, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Please in the line, make you free. The truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, underline make you free, you shall be free indeed. Please underline free indeed. Okay? Now, I read through all of those scriptures starting at verse 12. The really, the, the, the critical uh, scriptures are those that say, You shall be made free. But 
the, the, the situation it says that uh, it says uh, if you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free the truth is everything that was said in those previous scriptures so I didn't want to just get to that one scripture now being made free is different from being set free if you're set free, that means that you can be captured again. You know, you, you, you got a bird and you set it free, it's possible to capture that bird again. But this is saying that you are made free. So you are made a free person. And he said, how is that done? Is if you have an understanding of all of those things that I read in the previous verses. All right? If you know who Jesus is and that everything that Jesus said, everything that Jesus taught was, was given to him by God the Father. So if you're understanding and you're believing what Jesus was teaching, then that means that you're believing and you're understanding what God the Father is saying. All right? And Jesus is saying that if you can believe that and who Jesus is, that he is the way the truth in the life, all right, you can believe all of that, then that means that you are made free. That means that you're free from sin, you're free from bondage, you're free from fear, amen? You, you, you're free from having to figure things out for yourself, you're free from having to worry, you, you're free from about um, having, having concerns about what tomorrow may, be, may bring, because you are indeed free. You've been set free from all of those other things. Let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8. The Word of God talks so much about being free. But why is it that we carry the burdens with us on a day-to-day -day basis? Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse number 1. Romans 8, verse number 1. Praise God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Well, that right there are some dynamite, word, dynamite words, because it says there, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Well, you're in Christ Jesus, so there's no condemnation. All right, Condemnation is, of, um, you know, if you're doing something, if you're doing something wrong, Holy Spirit may convict you of doing something wrong. Holy Spirit will say to you, you know, well, you know, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't go there. And then Holy Spirit will say, here's the way out. This is what you need to do. You need to repent or you need to do this or whatever it may be. Condemnation is of the devil. And that's where the condemnation comes in and says that, oh boy, what you're thinking, what you're doing, now you're condemned. You're condemned to just be a sinner. You're condemned to go to hell. There's no hope for you. you know, and that's what condemnation is, all right? So it says, so it's saying here, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, well that's you, you're in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Now that's the challenging thing for us as human beings, is for us to not, not walk after the flesh but after the spirit. Walking after the flesh is when we give in to, to those fears, when we give in to those worries, when we make our decisions based on what we see. We make those decisions based on what we want. You know, it, it's after the worldly, can care, worldly cares, the carnal mind so to speak, that separates us from God, that makes us not think the way God would have us to think, all right? So, uh, but there is no condemnation who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, the Spirit being Holy Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus, hath what? Hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So the life in, uh, life in, the law of the Spirit in life in Christ Jesus has set you free, made you free from the law of sin and death. Again, so now if you're walking and following after the Spirit, that means that you've been made free. You should be free from worrying about the things of this world or anything else that may be happening or your future what's going to what's going to happen with your future because you've been made free from that for that law uh, verse number three for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit now it keeps saying here walking not walking uh, after the flesh but after the spirit and that's something that we have to really condition and work and pray about doing. You know, um, when, when I had that issue that, was, that I was concerned about, you know, right away I, in essence, was, was kind of thinking and walking in the flesh because I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get this particular thing done, what the opposition, what the people are going to say in this particular meeting, how they would be possibly opposing uh, what it is that I'm uh, presenting and talking about, you see. And for that moment in time, I was not walking in the spirit. I was more walking in the flesh because I was relying on my physical um, abilities to convince them. My, my, 
my, my abilities to, to talk, what I was going to say. And all of that happened within the space of maybe 20 seconds, you see, in my mind, you see. And right away, because of the fact, because of the fact that I am more inclined to walk in the Spirit, right away, Holy Spirit, God spoke to me, and, what are you doing? What are you doing? And said, you're free. You're free from that, reminding me, you see. So even me, you know, and again, I always say, just because I'm up here behind the pulpit, you know, doesn't mean that, that, that I don't go through the same things that you go through. But I have to, I have conditioned myself, though, not to wallow, not to let myself allow and stay in that state. And knowing when Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And that's where you need to be. When you have these, these issues, the issues of life going on, and they're troublesome, whatever these issues may be, whatever the challenges may be, you, you know, you know you're, you're momentarily walking in the flesh because you're worried about that situation. You're trying to figure out, what is it, what can I do? Like, who can I call? What can I write? Who can I email? Who can I text? You're trying to figure out what you can do instead of saying, God, what should I do? Guide me. You know, Jesus, illuminate my, my life. Illumine my, the path before me. Shine light on the situation so I can see. You see, that's the freedom that you have. You see, and if you can get to the point where you can remember and you can say, well, gee whiz, guess what? I don't have to worry about this. I'm free. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to carry my burden. What did Jesus say? Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. You see? So again, the freedom that you have is when you feel this weight on your shoulders, and the Lord knows when you've got a situation in your life, an issue going on in your life, or there's something before you, like a, 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 a predicted earthquake coming along, you know, something like that. Instead of you taking that worry, why don't you simply say, Lord, will you say to come unto you, Yes, I'm heavy laden. I'm burdened with this with this situation. Okay, you take it. You take it. I am not going to worry about it. I am not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to think about it. And you'll be surprised that just knowing the freedom. That's why I had you all stand up and just do that shaking a little bit sometimes. Because when you've got these issues here, because first of all, you know, when you're in, in a tense situation, you've got anxiety and, and stress building up on you. You know, everyone knows that. You know, your shoulder muscles get tight and your neck muscles and so on. You know, and so you need to just kind of loosen up and say, Lord, I'm going to shake this thing off. I'm going to shake these thoughts off. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get away from me because Jesus had made me free. Okay, Because I believe that the words that Jesus spoke to me was what God the Father told him to say. And so that means that God the Father is speaking directly to me through Jesus Christ saying that I'm free. I'm free. It means that you don't have to carry that thing that you're carrying. Okay? You don't have to carry it. You don't have to worry about it. Amen? So then, then you know, he goes on to say here, um, uh, walk in verse number 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they, verse number 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind, underline, do mind or care for or are concerned with the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen? But to be spiritually minded is, uh, is life and, and peace. Uh, where I thought I wanted to go, I wanted to actually stop at four. So back in verse number four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And verse five, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And that is, again, it's caring about those things that are on your mind, that are troubling you, that are burdening you. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So what you need to do is to get into the point that, get to the point in your life that if you've got something that is upon you, something that you're wrestling with, is to not walk carnally or flesh in other words, trying to figure out how you can fix this thing. What can I do to, to remedy the situation? But simply saying, well, wait a minute now. I'm free from this. God set me free. You know, I should be able to, to, to walk down the street kind of whistling, you know, whistling and spinning a keychain on your finger or something like that because you are free. You don't have to carry the burdens. All right. We then go on to see here in verses uh, 14, 14 through 17. Okay, Romans 8, verse 14. For as many, are, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Underline led. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Uh, yes, well. How can I be led by the Spirit of God? You've got this thing that you're dealing with. Be it a person, be it a situation, or what. It is simply you're getting into the habit of saying, 
Okay, God, this is the issue. This is the question that I have. Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. That's all. And then leave it alone. But really, really leave it alone. The hardest thing for us to do, even us Christians, is to say that, say that, pray that prayer, or to say that to God. Lord, I've got this thing before me. How shall I deal with it? You lead me, but then letting God lead you. Because the minute you say that prayer, your mind goes back to right away thinking about what can I do? Who should I call? What should I write? Or whatever. How can I fix the situation? If you're saying to God, God, lead me, show me what it is that I need to do, then you need to leave it alone and let God do it. You know, that may be five minutes, maybe 15 minutes, maybe a day, a month, or whatever it is, but you've got to tell God, okay, God, I'm going to leave it alone. What sense does it make? I mean, I don't, don't know if anyone's been camping or hiking or something like that, and then they're with someone who knows the way, and then they get lost. And then you say, okay, can you lead me out of this, back to where the trail is or something like that? And then the person says, yeah, I'll lead you back to the trail. But then on the way back, you're constantly saying, no, this way, no, this way, no, no this way, no, that way. And the person that you asked to lead you is saying, this is where you want to go. But you're putting in your two cents every single step and trying to say, well, this is the way out, this is the way out. Well, so it is with God. You know, we oftentimes say to God, God, lead me, help me, guide me in solving the situation, but then we want to still put our two cents in, you see? So how, how, how well are we following God? How are we really, really following God if we're still interjecting and, uh, and telling God or, or doing our own thing without even consulting God? Amen? So for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay? When it says ye, put a line in and put I. So the next time you read this, it'll be more personal. For I have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. All, right? All this nonsense that's going on, you, you, know, you know, the inclination, if you're not careful, is that the devil will put a, will put a mindset on you. Uh-oh. You know, you live west of I-5. You know, you are part of the population of Salem. When that thing hits, you're going to be washed off into the Pacific Ocean and that will be the end of everything, okay? All right? That is bondage again to fear, okay? And it says again, because again means... Before you knew Jesus Christ, okay, that spirit of fear had a hold of you, okay? It doesn't mean that the spirit of fear doesn't try to come back on you. He, he tries every single opportunity that he gets. Every single time there's a critical point in your life, every single time there's something going on in your life that is really devastating, that is really challenging to you, the spirit of fear comes in and makes you think all sorts of negative things, and then if you aren't careful, you wind up confessing those negative things. Amen? Amen. That's why we have to be so careful about what we say out of our mouths. All right? We don't go making negative confessions because God, first of all, said that we're free. God said that we can be led by His Spirit, that God is, owns the cattle of a thousand hills, so we have to be concerned about wealth because God knows our needs. All right? But the bondage again is to fear is that once you've come to God, to Jesus Christ, you set him as Lord and Savior, you should have been set free from that bondage of fear. So it says here again that, that you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. And that fear is anxiety, it's stress, it's worry, it's fear of man. You got a boss that is intimidating. Or a situation that is involving another human being that is intimidating. You know, you know, going into court, being called before the magistrate, as the Bible says, going into court. You have no fear of the judge, okay, because God is in control of that situation. Amen? Amen? Again, to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you were adopted into God's family. Okay, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. A-B-B-A is an affectionate term. It's kind of close to us saying, Daddy. Okay, so it's an affectionate term. says, we've been adopted into the family of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so... Uh, if so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Alright? So we see here now that, that it says in verse number 15, If we have not again received the spirit of bondage to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. Alright? So you've been set free from that spirit of fear. What, what does the word bondage mean? Alright? Bondage means that you're, you're, you're in captivity. You're bound to something. Alright? It is the antonym. It is the opposite of what? Of freedom. 
Okay? So if we are free, then that means that we can't be in bondage. So why do we allow ourselves to be captured, so to speak, and be held bound bondage by the things in this life? By the concerns, by the words, or whatever it is that might be going on. You have been made free. You've been made free. Go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy here. You know, and, and I, I, I really, I, I pray that you can get this deep within your spirit because just you're simply saying to yourself and whispering the words, wait a minute, I'm free. Wait a minute, I'm free. You will feel such a change come over your mind and over your spirit if you can just remind yourself, I'm free. You know, you know, you, you, we've all seen, you know, hypnosis done on TV or whatever, and hopefully no one here has been hypnotized. <laughs> I pray that you weren't, you know, but we've all seen that done. And we know that, that there are, are hypnotic suggestions, post, even post-hypnotic suggestions that can make you uh, carry out certain actions and behaviors and things like that. Well, I'm submitting to you here today that you use the words, I'm free. You know, as, as, a, uh, as a mnemonic device to remind you of something, okay? That when that trouble starts hitting you, when that thing starts worrying you, just remember the words, I'm free. I'm free. Just remember the words, I'm free. I'm free. Okay? And if you can get, get yourself to that point that when that trouble comes on, that you can simply say, I'm free. I'm free. It'll trigger remembrance of these scriptures that we're reading here today. It'll trigger remembrance of what God has said through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if you've really accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that means that everything, 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 everything that we're talking about here today is applicable to you. Amen. So just remember that you are free. Amen. Second Timothy one. Second Timothy one. Starting with verse number three. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience and without ceasing. I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. That may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gifts of the stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Underline before the world began. Alright? So we see there looking at verse 8. Be not, thou, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be you a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Alright? So, so, so there will, will be some afflictions that come our way. Afflictions meaning turmoil, meaning some challenges that are in our lives. Amen? Because we are indeed Christians. Jesus Christ said that that are, um, um, in this world there shall be tribulations. He didn't say maybe tribulations. He said there shall be tribulation, tribulations. But in the next breath he said, however, I've come to overcome the world. So though you may have tribulations and trials and things that come into your life, that is to be expected. It's, to, it's normal. Um, but know that you can, uh, you can overcome those trials. You can overcome those situations. You know? And many of us have had considerable trials over the last several months. Have been through a lot. And we've seen by steadfastness in God, by having faith in God, though it was challenging and painful and, and troublesome at the time, we can bear witness to the fact that God triumphed. Amen? Amen? And that God brought us through. Amen? So God is indeed one that keeps his word. God's word cannot return to him, to him void. You know? But we have to, have to believe that deep within our spirits. You see? And so when those trials, those tribulations come our way, those afflictions, as Paul causes, calls it, um, remember, though, that God is still in charge. Okay? And that in Jesus Christ, you are indeed free. Verse number 9 says, Who saved us and called us with 
with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Before this world began, God had a calling, had a plan for you. God had a calling for you, you know. So where you are in this life, you know, you know, don't, don't feel that the successes that you have, you know, it's because of Jesus Christ, amen, that you've been successful. It's because of Jesus Christ that he's brought you through the things um, that you've come through, you know. And many of us can reflect back over our lives and see God's hand was there over the many years, okay, where, where we triumphed. You know, we were triumphant. We were victorious. At the time, it didn't seem like we were being victorious. At the time, it was a big struggle. You know, many of us had many things in our lives that, that, that took a lot to overcome. But we didn't get weak. We didn't turn the other way. We didn't run from God. We didn't throw up our hands and start cursing God and decide to, to leave God. You know, we stayed faithful to Him, you know. And because of that, God smiles, smiles, smiles upon you because you've stuck with Him all of these years, you see. But God had this plan before the world began. And again, as it says there, uh, 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 who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, okay. So this is happening not because of anything that we could do, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ before the world began. If you can believe and know that God has a purpose for your life and sometimes you know you look at the time and what is it, 11.30 and you may be thinking what you got to face when you leave here or different things that are going on Monday morning you know God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose you know. And many of us that are are, are young enough you know, to go back many, many years, right? young enough, we go back many, many years with our children that are now grown and with grandchildren. We reflect back on the years where there were many challenges. There were many challenges, okay? But God knew about that. God knew about those challenges. And God also knew and laid before us, you know, Michael, you can believe this or you can believe that, you know? Just know that what's happening in your life was ordained and, and, and was ordained to happen or to be before time began. Amen. So don't think that whatever it is that you're going through, that God does not know what it is that you're going through. And because of the fact that he knows what you're going through, and that he is God the Father, creator of the universe, he's able to bring you through. He's able um, to work the situation. All right, all right. He, he, he's able to drive you, quote unquote, from here to the East Coast. All you have to do is sit in the back seat of the car and let him do the driving. Amen. Sit in the back seat of the car and let him do the driving instead of you trying to do the driving and navigate every turn and figure out the route. Should I go by a northern route or should I go by a southern route? Take it and just say, God. I know I need to get from point A to point B. You get me there. You get me there. Amen? Amen. You knew me from the beginning of time. You, you had a calling into me from the beginning of time. You see? You see? And, and, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is true. I know it. I was not always at this place. And I'm sure many of you can say the same things. You know? I, like any other young man growing up in New York, boy, I sowed my share of wild seeds. You know? And never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that God would have me, have me preaching, especially at a one time when I thought that Christianity was not the answer. Especially when I thought that Eastern philosophy and Eastern thought and so many other things and that the occult had the answers. Never in my wildest dreams did I know, never think that I'd be behind a pulpit preaching the word of God and trying to save souls. Amen. But God has a plan for your life. God has a plan. And at some point in time, thank God for God. And then I said, all right, Lord, I can't do this. I realize that now I can't do this. You know, I give up. I surrender to you. Lord, you guide my life. Jesus, come into my life. Okay, I've tried it too long. As the song was saying, I tried and I tried and I tried. And the harder I tried, the worse it got. So at some point in my life, I simply said, Lord, you take it. You see, and at that point, I was set free. And I've been free ever since. And so what I'm saying to you, every single believer here today that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you have been set free. You are free. You've got to believe that deep within your spirit. So whatever may be troubling you or whatever challenges, if you do not have any challenges right at this particular moment at 11.35, amen, praise God. You know, that does not mean come to Monday morning. And I'm not prophesying anything bad on you. Amen. But we know that life is filled with challenges, you know. But if you can remember that you're free, you don't have to do this by yourself. 
Amen. Amen. That God has set you free. And that everything that's going on, who has saved you and called you with a holy calling, not according to your works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to you in Jesus Christ before the world, before the world uh, began. Amen. Amen. So, so God's in control. Let us go to Psalm 56. Go to Psalm 56. I really, really, really want you to get deep into your spirit. How free you are in that, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to deal with the things of, of this life, you know. I mean, we are in a physical world, obviously, and we live a physical existence. But the things that guide us from day to day, the decisions that we have to make, if we can remember that we don't have to make these decisions by ourselves, you know. And even down to, to little things, whether it be planning a birthday party or, or, or planning a wedding or whatever it might be. Amen. Amen. God is there in every single little step, you know. And that's where, where we, we honor God, you know. We honor God. Um, th- this is why, and just on the, the wedding thing, just, just, just for a moment... Um, it's, it, it, it's so important, you know, and, and I see and I almost kind of want to say, say to each his own and, and so on like that, but I think over the years, I think there's been more of a tendency to, to, to even treat that sacrament of holy matrimony in a more and more trivial manner, you know, and... Um, that is a very, very important event because it's the joining, it's a spiritual joining, and many people don't understand that, they don't realize that. But when you're committing yourself to someone for a lifetime, there's a spiritual joining, because the Word of God says that, that they should, you should leave the mother and father and shall cleave together, become as one. It's a spiritual joining. Amen? And that is a time that is so important that you have God's influence in that sacrament. You know, don't think that it's a ceremony. It is a sacrament. It is something that has been ordained by God. And the planning with that, God should be in every step of the way. God should do the guiding. Of course, every single person wants my wedding to stand out among the others and to be, you know, all of the others and to, to, to really be remembered through the annals of time and so on. That's fine. And you can certainly do that. But have godly planning and godly thinking in that. Because you're launching two lives as one. And if those two lives joined as one do not follow a spiritual direction, I'm telling you right now, because as a pastor I've seen so many failed, so many, let's just say, challenging times, because the young people did not have God in the center of their lives and didn't keep them there. Didn't keep them there, you know. For every single challenge that came along, if, if God had not been in the, in the center of the lives and whatnot, where would things be? You know, because in, in a marriage, sometimes God is all that you have to get you through a situation. Amen. So you've got to remember to be, to be free, to be free in God. Um, praise God. Hmm. Amen. Amen. All right. For, uh, Psalm 56. Verse number one, be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He, fighting daily, oppresses me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they are many, for, for they are many that fight against me, O thou most high. When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Please in the line, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his word. Underline, praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Please underline all of that. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Just to dwell for a moment on the praise that I'm being pulled back to that. In God I will praise his word. You know, it's so important to, to, to learn how to praise God or to praise God. It's so important, you know. And that's the reason that we do praise and worship in the morning. It isn't because um, in, in starting a sermon, uh, I don't know what else to do, so I play music. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know what else to do to open up a sermon, so I play music first. Um, there's an order to a service, you know. And, 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 be, and when I say order, I don't mean that you have so much order that you um, don't let Holy Spirit have his way during the service. But I'm saying oh, there's a way of entering into God's presence. And praising is a very important part of that. And the reason that we gather as a body to, to, to uh, give corporate praise is because we as a body, we as a ministry, we as a church are corporately praising God. 
We're asking him to join us and to be with us. It's a deep spiritual thing. But many times we just think of it, oh well, you know, I walk in, we're going to sing a little bit and maybe clap hands and whatnot. But the reason why we dwell on playing so much slow music is to give you time to get into that spiritual reference to where you need to be. If you expect to hear from God during a sermon, during a a, a ministry, during a a, uh, church service, you need to be properly prepared for that and you need to honor God. Okay? We're not just showing up here, you know, at the appointed time or a half hour late or whatever and just say, okay, God, I'm here, like you're punching a clock, you know. We're entering in here to praise God, to be before Him, to ask God, God, whatever you have to say to me today, let me hear it, let me understand it, let me incorporate it into my life, you know. And that goes beyond just gathering here for a couple of hours and sitting on the chairs and just hearing a man speak. It's a deep spiritual thing, and that if you can develop that spiritual work, in praising him, you will see your life change in such dramatic ways that I, I, I can't even put it into English, into human words. Okay, getting into a deep praise relationship with God opens your way to hear from Holy Spirit, to be guided by Holy Spirit in many, many ways that will really surprise you. You know, you know, I've walked with God for many a year, and I praise God for that. Does not mean that I am perfect, not by, not by all, not at all. But I do say to you, though, that I have learned, you know, to praise God. I have learned to really deeply praise him and as such I hear from him you know and if you want to be able to to get free and to keep your freedom and to not be bogged down with the, with the cares of this world it starts with, with, with praising his word you know so, so, so when you're in church you know try to make a concentrated effort of praising God and this is kind of you know for men for men it's really difficult Especially in Western civilization, because men here, we are so macho, you know, ah, me, you know, I'm the breadwinner, thump, 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 me tossing, you know, and, and so tough. So it's hard for us men to kind of worship and to praise God because it means surrender. You know, it's hard for men to surrender to God. But if you can surrender to God, really surrender to God, and really believe and know that He's greater than you, then you will have no trouble worshiping Him. If God has done wonderful things in your life, and I believe we've all been blessed in many ways, there's no trouble in worshiping Him. You know, many of us have no problem in worshiping our bosses because He gives us a paycheck. So we worship Him. Oh, he's such a nice guy. Or He invites you to His home, to His home for the Christmas party. Oh boy, then you really worship Him. You know, He asked you out to a very personal lunch. Boy, you really worship him he took me to lunch but we have a hard time worshiping God and God is the creator of the universe and all that we have and knows us and and helps us amen so in God I will praise his word and in God I will put my trust I will not fear what flesh can do to me there's nothing that any man or anyone can do to you every day every day they distort my words all their thoughts are against me for evil they gather themselves together they hide themselves they mark my steps when they wait for my soul shall they escape by iniquity Uh, in thine anger cast down the peoples O God thou numberest my wanderings I put thou my tears uh, put thou my tears into thy bottle are they not in thy book when I cry unto thee then shall mine enemies turn back this I will know for God is for me please in the line this I know God is for me in God will I praise his word in the Lord will I praise his word in God have I put my trust underline in God have I put my trust I will not be afraid what man can do unto me thy vows are upon me O God I will uh, render praises unto thee for thou hast delivered my soul from death whilst not wilt not, not thou deliver my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living so in verse number 11 there in God have I put my trust I will not be afraid what man can do unto me underline that too there's nothing no man can do to you. Amen. And many of the things that come into our lives that are challenging, that are troubling us, um, being that we live in a society that deals with other people. Amen. You know, animals we don't deal with predominantly. You know, things that bring issues into our life with other people. But many times we don't do things because we fear another man. You know? And you have to get over that. You have to get over that. If there's something that you need to to do that involves your being bold and upfront and strong and firm with another human being, then have no fear of doing that. Does not mean you, you should get abusive. You are a child of God, and the Holy Spirit will certainly give you how to deal with that situation. But have no fear of that human being. 
Okay, God says that, you know, I have put my trust in him. I will not be afraid of what man can do to me. Amen? So we see here that, that, that uh, we need to praise God, trust in God, and do not be afraid what can flesh do to me. Getting to, towards the end here, Luke number 4, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke 4. And we want to do verse number... Number 16. Okay. Luke 4, verse number 16. Okay. Luke 4, verse 16. Okay. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Underline, to preach deliverance to the captives. Deliverance is being set free to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty. Underline, to set at liberty, to being set free. Them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fast fastened upon him. On him. He began to say unto them, This day... Is the scripture fulfilled in your ears? And all bore him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me, This proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, Many widows, many widows were healed in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the uh, heaven was shut up three years and six months months with great, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, but only unto Zarephath, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. And all they, and all they in the synagogue, when they had heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him into the brow of the hill on which uh, the city was built, but they might, that they might cast him down. But he, passing through the midst of them, uh, went his way. So you see, this was when he was um, in the synagogue there preaching. But you see, the main point that he was making there is back in verse number 18, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and to preach deliverance to the captives, being set free, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. You see? So Jesus' whole purpose of coming here was to set us free. Was to set us free. So again, this is more, more um, testimony to the fact that you are indeed set free. All right, now that we have all of that down, how do we get our minds conditioned to do that? So many Christians struggle with the issue of being, being free, but taking control of your thoughts is so essential. So let's go to Proverbs 4. Okay, it, it, it deals with taking control of your thoughts so that you do not go backwards. Proverbs 4. Um, Verse 20. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Please in the line 22. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their, all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a crooked mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn 
not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy feet from evil. So turning not right to the left or whatnot is keeping your eyes keenly focused on God. It's so easy for us to get to forget the fact that we are free and for us to want to carry the burden and solve things ourselves. So the only way that we can do that is staying very, very focused on God. Uh, quoting scripture in the time of any kind of kind of uh, situation is not a magic charm, but it rather uh, it, it serves the purpose of getting our minds back onto a biblical track. We know when Jesus was in the devil or was in the desert, they were being tempted by the devil. What did Jesus do? He quoted scripture right back to the devil. So when things rise up in your life, in essence, that's the, that's the devil rising up in your life, making you. Wanting to put you back into bondage, to put worries on your shoulders again, you need to quote scriptures back. And the only way that you can quote scriptures back is to understand the scriptures yourselves. Amen. So then just go to um, Proverbs 28. Getting down to the wire here. Praise the living God. Proverbs 28. Okay, and just one verse there, uh, 26, and you can highlight it, underline it, 28, 26. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walks wisely, he shall be delivered. Okay, so that's trusting in your own heart to solve, or your own thoughts or your own ways to solve a problem. Right, that's being very, very foolish. You know, make no doubt about it, you see. But the problem again with us human beings, because we think so highly of ourselves, you know, is that I can fix it myself, I can solve it myself. That's being very, very foolish in doing that. You cannot solve things in your life, you know, without the help of God. I don't care how trivial they may seem to you. You, you, you know, and you know, I always talk about the old bringing everything to God, the old hangnail thing. Like, kid you not, I had a hangnail just last night and sitting on the couch watching TV. And I went to get the clippers, and before I did, I, I'm serious. I prayed, said, Lord, help me to get this hangnail out. You know, because I hate cutting those things. You cut too deep and you cut the cuticle or whatever. You know, so I live, I pray about something like a hangnail, you see. And I'm saying that to say that I don't care how trivial the situation is. If you can get in the habit of doing that, even over the trivial, the small things in your life, it'll be really a piece of cake. It won't be such a challenge for you when the bigger things in life come your way. You know, to be reminded to just trust God and to ask God to step into the situation to guide you. You know, and to have those words pop up in your mind, I'm free. I'm free. I'm, I'm free. You, you know. And again, you know, talking about a, going from here to the East Coast. But imagine having a vacation planned. You know, or you just knew that you wanted to go to some exotic location in the world, some beautiful place. You know. And if you didn't have to worry about the money, planning the trip, taking the clothes, where you're going to eat, where you're going to stay. What if you were just able to say, I'm going to Tahiti for two weeks and I'm free to just pick up and go. Didn't have to worry about transportation, clothing, money while you're there or anything. You just, okay. Well, that kind of freedom is what we have in God when it comes down to the things of this life. Amen, amen, you know. And even down to, to Tahiti, you know, if that's where you were wanting to go, you know. You take the burden off your own mind and you say, God, help me to make these plans. Where do I start? Where's the money coming from? What kind of clothing should I take? What kind of transportation should I do? And literally, have God, to, have God plan your trip. Well, that's the kind of freedom that we have, you see. But we forget about that. And we embark on doing so many things ourselves. And we burden our heads and our thoughts to the point of having a headache when you're trying to think through every single little step. You know, but you're free. All right. If you rely upon your own strength, then you're going to fail. Um, Matthew 26. Another another good scripture here to remember. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse number 40. Okay. And these are ways now how to how to keep your minds focused on uh, um, focused on spiritual things. Uh, verse number forty and forty one. And he comes into the garden. He comes to the disciples and finds them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Okay, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So that means that we have to discipline ourselves also to take on this attitude of remembering and praying that, that I'm free, that I'm free. You, 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 know, you know, because while your spirit is willing, you may want to do it deep inside, but your, your flesh is weak. And there could be a million other things that would come up that would be more important than you focusing on God. Amen. Remember that, okay, that I am free. And then lastly, there's two more scriptures, Proverbs verse, verse 4. Back to Proverbs again, verse number 4. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Um, let, me, let me get through, the, get through most of it here. Proverbs 4, verse number 1. Proverbs 4, verse number 1. Praise God. Hear ye, children... The instruction of a, of a father and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, for forsake, uh, forsake you not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of, of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of, of wisdom, I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be hindered, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is your life. Take fast of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is your life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For, thy, for they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining light, that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. Please in the line. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart, or your spirit, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So again, this comes to the discipline. How we need to discipline ourselves uh, in, in remembering that we are indeed free. We're free, you know. And it says, and to stay away from the evildoers and stay away from those people. You know, there, there are so many people then, you know, when you see evildoers, you know, you think about, oh gosh, a bunch of guys laying in wait. They want to rob somebody and do all sorts of evil things, you know. Well, you know, they can be evildoers in a sense, and I put that in quotes, in that there are those that want to get your mind off of God, you know, who want to say things to you that's contrary to what the Word of God will say, what the Word of God says. There are those that even thinking that they're quoting scripture, misquoting scripture and so on, you know, and, and, and this will come your way to get your thoughts strayed off of where God wants you to be thinking. And then you wind up getting right back into that path again when things come into your life, you start worrying about them, you start having fear about them and, and so on, you know. The news channel comes on and talks about, oh, I-5 again, oh, gee, and you start you rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus it says, whatever happens, if that quake happens, if it does, that God will certainly take care of me and my family, that we will indeed be okay. You know, because why? Because I am free. Okay? And the very, 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 very last scripture I promise you is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. Verse Okay, verse number um, verse number fifteen. 
Now, considering everything that we've said here today, and just think about how these words, these scriptures fit in here. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his ordinances, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land to which thou go to possess. But if thine heart turn away, if your heart turn away, if your heart turn away, so that thou will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare unto you this day that you shall surely perish, and that you shall not prolong your days upon this land to which thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, not life or, life and death, blessing and cursing, not or, but blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, underline therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live that you and your family, that, that you and your seed may live that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is your life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Amen? So what God is saying is that this day set before you blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. So I say to you today, choose life. Choose life. Choose to remember that you are indeed free. And that if you are, you are made free, that no one can re, no thing can recapture you. Don't be bound again. Don't become again a slave of fear. Don't become a, a, a slave of, of worry, you know, anxiety. And what am I going to do? How am I going to manage the situation? This person is giving me, giving me a, a hard time. I've got work tomorrow morning and these people are going to show up or there's a meeting or whatever's going on. How am I going to deal with it? Amen. Amen. For those of us that have to worry about people at work, how can I deal with <laughs> With any other situation that might come up. Amen. Amen. Remember that in Jesus Christ. If you're one of his. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And God is indeed your father. Then you're set free. Amen. I pray this message has been uh, a blessing unto you. And now before we close. Let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.